Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk NFL. We talk about the incident of Robbie Anderson um, with the Carolina Panthers. Now he is now traded to Arizona, to the Arizona Cardinals. So we're going to talk about the incident and how all this transpired. We're also going to talk about the NCAA, about the big upset that happened with Tennessee beating Alabama. What does, what does that in turn now happen to Alabama? And how does it overall work with the NCAA college football rankings? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And of course, we're also going to talk a little bit about Coach Prime and his interview and how that affects HBCUs going forward. My co-host, Nice and Smooth, join me on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love, all the support out there. We appreciate all the, subscri the subscribers as well. Um, but we're going to get right into it. We got a lot to cover in the world of sports. Um, one of our co-hosts, Smooth, is going to be joining us shortly. But I do got my man Ace with me. So what's going on, fella, man? How's everything going with you? Dude, it's Wednesday. It's not a regularly scheduled night, but you know how it goes. You know, when you got to work and you got to alternate, we just flexible. So, I you know, we got to make sure we bring what we bring every week. So, it don't matter what day of the week, y'all just make sure you tune in and vibe with us because we're about to bring some heat. And, yes, we do have a lot of heat to bring in. Of course, like I said, Smooth is going to join us shortly. But for now, let's get right into it. And what better way to talk about heat? Then what went down with um, Rob, NFL player, wide receiver Robbie Anderson and his tenure, I guess you could say, with the Carolina Panthers. Of course, um, there was a dust-up over the – it was a dust-up um, when um, it was an animated, more heated um, debate um, between Robbie Anderson and receivers coach Joe Daly. Um, players and staffers quickly got between them and – it started going back and forth again, and interim head coach Steve Wilkes was like, "Yo, that's it. Everybody's going. Go to." Um, he sent Robbie Anderson to the locker rooms, and that was it. And then come to find out, not too long after that, Robbie Anderson gets traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so there was a lot of issues to talk about from Robbie Anderson's side. Thing was, quite frankly, that he wasn't getting enough touches um, as part of what was going on with the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, he was just saying it was just a lack of opportunities. He had 13 catches uh, for 206 yards in six games, including a 75-yard touchdown in the opener against the Browns. And then after that, everything just completely shut down. So mm -hmm. let me get your thoughts on the fact of Robbie Anderson just getting upset about the lack of touches and the lack of opportunities. And do you think it was warranted for him to get to the point where he – was yelling back and forth at the coach, his wide receiver coach, and then eventually, which led to the trade. So let me get your thoughts on this whole Robbie Anderson ordeal. Do you think it's better for um, the Carolina Panthers or for Arizona now to take on Robbie Anderson? Well, I mean, it hurts Carolina because, I mean, he is definitely, he's definitely better than a wide receiver too, if given the opportunity. He could be a number one wide receiver. That's the reason why he left the Jets because he thought he was that guy to lead the, the Carolina Panthers. And unfortunately, just due to different circumstances that was going on in Carolina, you know, things just didn't work out. And I think I heard somebody say it best where it might have been Dion. It might have been Dion Sanders when he did a 60-minute interview. Or maybe not, okay, not ver verbatim, but th that plus other things I might have heard. You know, when you're talking about an NFL, it's it's though it's a team sport, it's still 11 individuals on offensive defense of both teams that are trying to secure and be the best person that they are to work in a team sense. So obviously, if he feels as though he's worth what he's worth and he's not doing what he's doing, he's getting pissed off because the end of the line, you know, when it comes to contract time, if he's not put, he's not producing, he's not going to get paid. Um. So I can't be too upset about the way he acted, but you also have to understand that the QB situation there wasn't rock solid. I'm not saying 
I'm not saying that Baker is a bad quarterback. Baker's a pretty good quarterback. Baker is an off-and-on type of quarterback. When he's on, he's on. He looks like he could be an elite quarterback. But when he's off, he looks no better than Geno Smith in all those years where they're talking about he looked like trash. Um, and then you got Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold, you know, his ghost, so to speak, is, you know, is something that will forever haunt him when he's talking about he's seen ghosts on the field. And then you got P.J. Walker, who was great in the – I forget which off-brand league he was in. I'm not sure if it was the uh, – he was in one of those leagues that kind of defunct, and he got picked up by Carolina. And he was he played under um, – he played with uh, Matt Rule, but when he was the coach at Temple, and he was a pretty good quarterback then. So he figured he'd bring him in and just keep, you know, keep him hanging around if they're trying to run that same philosophy. But obviously, you know, it just – things didn't work out. You had an elite quarterback when you had Cam Newton. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. They got rid of Cam when they brought in a new coach. Um, and just moving forward, it's just – just so, I, you know, obviously he just got heated. And going to, going to the Cardinals could be a good look for him, you know, because now um, – uh, Hollywood Brown is hurt. He might be out for a couple of games. Um, and then, of course, now you with D-Hop. And now him is number two. And I don't think he always wanted to be a number two. I think he always wanted to be a number one. But you can't be, you know, you can't be mad when you got DeAndre Hopkins on one side and yourself on the other. But, 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 the Cardinals still stink. You know, their offense is who they, you know, I don't know if it's Kyler Murray. I don't know if it's the offensive philosophy. I don't know. If it's Kingsbury and his his offensive philosophy, I don't know what it is, but they can't seem to get over that hump. So I don't know him going to uh, to the Cardinals will do any much difference than what he was doing in Carolina. But he should have more opportunities just because of uh, Kyler Murray just being who he is and the type of quarterback he is. I wish him the best of luck. I hope that things kind of work out for him. But, you know, I guess if you really want to get out of a situation, you do uh, – you don't do an Antonio Brown, but you do what you, you you do what a Robbie Anderson did, and you might get traded. You just don't take off all your damn equipment and you know walk out half naked off the field where you don't never have an opportunity again. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Antonio Brown will forever be that dude. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will always keep you. Uh, focused. Uh, I mean, not focused. Uh, he will always keep you entertained. That's the word I'm looking for. Exactly. Um, I digress, though. Um, while we're here, I'm, I might as well bring in our other uh, co-host with me, Smooth, um, joining into the fray. Uh, what's going on, sir? How's everything going with you, man? Very busy night. <laughs> Trust me, I understand it. So we're going to get right into it. My question to you, well, the information that we just just talked about, of course, is the Robbie Anderson situation. Now that, you know, with the, the things that happened in Carolina that got him now traded to Arizona, um, now he's part of the Cardinals. Um, I just want to get your thoughts about what happened and if there, you know, anything that you wanted to add in regards to the whole Robbie Anderson situation. Uh, I want to know what the heck did he did to get, to get kicked, you know, to get sent to the last half. I mean... In, oh, in game. Oh, oh, okay. So let me let me let me give you the brief on that. Um, bottom line was this: Robbie Anderson was completely upset the fact that he wasn't getting the, the opportunity that he had before. Um, like the first six games, he was definitely been a factor in the offense. Um, uh, but quite frankly, um, in the, the this previous game, he wasn't getting the opportunities that he was looking for. So of course he vented his frustrations to the receiver coach um, to try to, for whatever reason, that they, he wanted the ball. Um, and he wasn't even a part of some of the plays that were third down conversions or things of that nature. So, of course, the frustration boiled over and he went after his receiver's coach. Um, staffers and players broke it up and everything was supposed to be, um, I guess, calmed down. But then it eventually started back up to the point where the head coach sent Robin Ad- Robbie Anderson back to the locker room, and then which led eventually to his trades out of Carolina to Arizona. So 
Um, the bottom line is that based off of Robbie Anderson's um, talk, it was just a lack of opportunity that he was getting um, in Carolina that he initially had in the first six games or five or six games. So um, that eventually led to his trade. Now he's in Arizona where he gets to play with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, um, and be that focal point on offense while Marquise Brown is still out. So with that being said, let me get your thoughts on this whole Robbie Anderson deal. Do you think that this was a, a sort of a good move for Carolina to get rid of a player that was disgruntled? Um, and do you think it's a better situ- situation for Robbie Anderson to now be in Arizona? Well, I think I think I think the second the, the second part first. Um, I think it's probably a better move for him because Carolina. I'm not saying it's a completely sinking ship, but it's not good. I mean, you already got Baker Mayfield wasn't playing all that great. The coach the coach got fired. Um, they're probably going to be in the middle of a fire, so they're already taking calls on um, Christian McCaffrey. Um, True. I'm pretty sure whatever happened at that game with the stuff with him, you know, being vocal to the receivers coach, this probably was the last, this probably was the straw that broke the camel's back. So I'm assuming that there's probably a lot more issues that led up to him being traded. Cause I don't see why you being pissed off at not getting your touches is going to lead to your immediate, you know, trade. So I'm sure it was a lot more that led up to that. And that was probably the, uh, the breaking point. Um, so he goes to Car- the Cardinals. Probably a good situation. It's a little bit shaky over there as well. I mean, um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, D-Hop will come back and maybe you'll kind of stabilize some things. But I think for Robbie Anderson, he's still a good, you know, he's still a good wide receiver. I mean, he showed that when he was in, in the Jets. Carolina was just a money grab, but a bad situation to be playing that. So I think he goes to the Cardinals where it's a much better situation. You know, D-Hop comes in, he won't have to worry about the being number one. He'll probably be the number two or however they're going to fit him in. But if I'm if I'm him, you just, just, just be happy that you're not in Carolina anymore. <laughs> but I feel you. But the whole point of him leaving the Jets was to be a number one. How does he feel, you know, how does he feel about going back to being a number two? But he also mm-hmm. left the Jets thinking that he had Cam Newton and the whole nine yards and it just didn't work out that way. No, also mentioned now that he's only a number two temporarily because when Marquise Brown comes back, that's going to also be another factor in place. So, mm-hmm. look, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> he could have went to the Texans. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, he could have he could have he could have opted to go somewhere. But you know what? No, I I can't say that because he got, he traded. got traded. So he quick. he got sent to wherever right. Carolina right. got the best deal. So exactly. like I exactly. said, Bakers can't be choosers. <laughs> enjoy enjoy the luxury as it is, but like you said, uh, uh Arizona is no luxury right now cuz Cliff, you know, Kingsbury is sitting there like I don't I don't know what else I could do. He he even said something about giving up offensive uh, coordinator de- uh, duties. You know, anything that he could try to do to help, you know, help the team win and I'm just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Or exactly. So, you know, I don't know if he's go, he's walking into any better of a situation. Yes, he has a better quarterback. He may have a, a better offensive line, but they ain't winning games. <laughs> so, I mean, you might get your touches. I guess, you know, like I said before you jumped on, I think it's more so that, you know, he's trying to secure the next bag for himself. Because, you know, the NFL is always, it's a team sport. It's still 11 individuals trying to do their very best to make sure that they secure secure their, their next big contract. So I can only hope that this works out in his favor. Well, we shall see. <laughs> he's off of the he's off of the sinking ship that is the Carolina Panthers. But what happens if Carolina turns it around? I don't see it. That would that would be some crap, wouldn't it? I don't see it. <laughs> it would be more, yeah, I don't see it, but it would definitely not be in his favor if Carolina has a better record than Arizona. Don't they have the same record? I mean, Arizona's only two and four. I don't know. Is what uh, Carolina's what one and five? Is it's not that much of a damn big it's difference? Not that, yeah, it's not that much of a difference. Not but at all. The, but my point is, is that at this at this stage, you know. The last thing you want is Carolina to have that better. Re- I mean, if you're Robbie Anderson, of course. Last thing you have you want is 
Carolina to get to have a better record and mm-hmm. the person that is taking your spot gets now more opportunities than you that you could have had in Carolina, but now don't have in Arizona for whatever reason. So you, from a player standpoint, you know, like you said, you like Swoop said, like for whatever thing that you did to get to get to this point now, you better make the most of the opportunity no matter who you which team you sign with. Because now you're being looked at you know, you're basically being looked at with a magnifying glass. And it's not just for this season. It's for the bag that you can have going forward. So your team True. teams is going to be looking at you. you, you and you have uh, – what's crazy about it is that you have the skill set that a lot of teams is looking for. I, I'm pretty sure, like, a team like um, Green Bay could look for a, 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 a receiver that can just flat-out run a route as quick as possible and i'm pretty sure that someone like aaron Rodgers would completely be happy with you on board but you have to keep yourself in check you have to make sure you make up you know make the best of your um opportunity um because it may not just be with arizona it could be other teams that could be looking but you gotta make sure you do what you're supposed to do as well yeah and that blow up doesn't help him at all <laughs> No, and, and you're right, Ace. I mean, the Carolina Panthers and, and Cardinals records are, you know, Arizona has one more win than the Car- than the Panthers. So you're right, the records aren't that good. But I think from a team standpoint, Arizona is, has a little bit more pieces to go with, to work with, to be able to improve their record a lot sooner than Carolina. They're down to their third string quarterback. <laughs> right. Right. But both, wait, the, wait. both 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 the divisions are are very shaky at this point. Now, but but um, reports is that Sam Donald is coming back. <laughs> okay, okay, so is that a, is that a big improvement over PJ Walker or or, or uh, Baker? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying reports are Sam Donald took snaps um with the scout team. So, but then then my also my other situation he's not starting the next game though. No, 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 no. Walker is starting the next game. Yeah, but then my my what I was said earlier is. You got Kingsbury who's sitting there like he knows he's on a hot seat and he knows he can get fired at any point. And now he's coming out just saying like, I'm willing to give up the OC duties. And I'm like, dude, so how does this help you? How does this help the offense if you're willing to give up the OC duties at this point? It ain't going to help you. You might as well just ride or die with what you got, son, and just hope for the best. <laughs> hmm I don't know. I- I, I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. At this point, <laughs> it's just one of those, like, you, what else can you do at this stage? And uh, quite frankly, I will say this, though, Arizona, for them to be in a position that they were in to add someone like Robbie Anderson um, should only help them. But if that record don't improve, I can't, I, I can't back Kyler Murray at this point. Um, they have to do something as far as the team is related, especially since I'm seeing all these other teams that doesn't have like top tier that have a top tier quarterback, but they're pro- definitely progressing in the right direction. So, like for Arizona to be where they are right now is kind of a, a letdown. Um, so hopefully this will work in regards to doing something to help bring them back up um, to the stamp the standards that they should be at. Ah, uh, the NFL, the drama. <laughs> all you, yes. all you QBs, all you QBs that's in college that's looking to come out. Look at Carolina; you might wind up there. <laughs> look at Detroit; you might wind up there. Look at Houston; <laughs> you might wind up there. <laughs> you look at Washington; you might, you you might, might wind, wind up. up there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, it's crazy. Speaking of, speaking of uh, Washington and uh, the owners, <laughs> uh, Dan Snyder is out here pinning pad, you know, pin to pad, talking about ain't nothing going on over here in Washington. But then you got you got Jerry Jones going after Robert. Was it Robert Kraft? Robert Kraft and Jerry, you know, Jerry yeah. Jones going going at it a little bit. And Jim Mercy <laughs> talking about there's merit. To uh, seeing him go, billionaires beefing. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. You just gotta <laughs> love it. 
<laughs> our problems just aren't problems <laughs> if you had those sort of problems. <laughs> man, I wish I was listening to that owners only meeting, man. <laughs> that's where that that's I mean, to be a part of that sometimes is just is 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 crazy. Because you definitely hear stuff that you don't think that you should be hearing right about now. Um But I mean I look at it as, you know, Y'all want to sit here and talk all this smack against one another? I love it. You know what I'm saying? Because it just makes it seem like y'all are just human too. But y'all issues are so petty. Like the the common man will sit there and be like, whatever, dude. Just, just do what you got to do and just keep moving, you know. But to these jokers, you know, you know, I, I, I had this uh, this going on in my team, my clubhouse and whatever, whatever. It's, it's all these jokers just having fun with a ton of goddamn money. And they don't know what to do with themselves. It's crazy. And and they're not governed. (laughs) You know, that's the crazy part. They are not governed. If they were governed, you know, you don't hear about basketball having these issues. You know, I mean, outside of the Clippers when, you know, old girl outed his ass. But you don't hear about these problems in baseball. You don't hear about these problems in basketball, so to speak. And definitely. um, I'm sorry. Don't, don't, I'm just interjecting. Don't forget that we still have Phoenix Suns owner that's still in a lot of trouble. So, yeah, but I mean, okay, you don't, <laughs> you, you hear about an owner, you might hear of a second owner, but you don't hear about multiple owners going to each other's decks. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I mean, let's be real. I mean, when you talk about billionaires, that they, they operate, you know, at a different stratosphere than the rest of us. They operate on their own rules, and even though they might. Like you said major leagues, you know, you know, uh, basketball and football. Even though they all going to have these squabbles, they all of of like mind and think alike. You right. know, every so often someone, you know, you know, steps out of bounds and they got to get their hand smacked, or in Donald Sterling's case, but his stuff became public. The guy from Sil- the guy um Silver from the Phoenix Suns, his stuff became public. Daniel Snyder is running his mouth and making this stuff become public. It's only so much these owners going to be like, yo, you bad for business. But right, they can't. Right. But when he started talking about he got dirt on cats, everybody looking around like, all right, who's going to be the first one to uh, <laughs> pop off? <laughs> and then the first person that says something is Jim Irsay <laughs> with all his issues. Right, he had uh, the, the briefcase full of coke and whatever he had going on. The coke and the hose and all the allegedly hose, but you know. <laughs> he like, fuck it, if I can make it, anybody can make it. <laughs> you know for a fact. He's like, I'm going to say it, and I guarantee he's not going to, nothing's going to happen to him once I say this. And he'll be all right. He just suspend him, and he'll be good. <laughs> It's too funny. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, but the um the situation with Jerry Jones and um Robert Kraft. <laughs> I mean, all... Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. Ain't no, he, he can't say nothing because you know he had a he had his uh happy ending incident that got kind of swept underneath the rug. <laughs> but allegedly, that that wasn't necessarily over the Daniel Snyder thing. That was over um Roger Goodell. Yes. So the, what it was is that um, they had a um, before the owners voted. Um, it was for it was to open negotiations to do a new deal for Robert Goodell. Oh, okay. And Jerry Jones was the only dissenting person that said no. While everybody else was saying yes, and apparently him and him and Robert Kraft, you know, got into it, and that's when. Good old Jerry said, hey, you don't want to fuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Which Robert Kraft allegedly said, excuse me? And he said, (laughs) you don't want to mess with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just go ahead and double down on what I just said. Uh, (laughs) Bottom line. Now, he he didn't agree to the league's owners and the other owners on what the structure was of Goodell's contract. So... It, it, I mean, hey, he, he, Jerry Jones is that dude where, regardless of the fact, he doesn't, if he has to take a look at everything, he wants the details. Um, so I don't think he was in agreement with them a while back anyway. So I think for the most part, he, 
it's just him just being him at this stage where there's no change. He's very sensitive about rewarding big bonuses to Roger Goodell. Um, he, if he, he believes that if he hasn't earned it, what's the point of, you know, doing stuff for him. So, Hey, I mean, I, you can't be mad at that. You can't be mad at that logic. You know what I'm saying? Like nah. you and I are not going to sit there and just get bonuses. We, we show up to work and, you know, and whatever. We got to yeah. work. We got to earn it. And we got to get evaluated. And then if it's merited, then we get it. So I don't, I think it should be the same. Yeah. Which I, yeah. But I think that the owners are so used to just being status quo that, you know, Jerry Jones is just forward thinking in this scenario. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years when they go back and have this, uh, this sort of meeting, you know, he might've changed his mind. So I don't know. Yeah, and I think we have to also understand that Cadell's that dude where a lot of stuff he did, I mean, there's a lot of decisions that he made that was kind of like, you know, sus at this Mm -hmm. point. I mean, the whole Deshaun Watson um, thing, for instance, and how he kind of messed up that ordeal um, where it wasn't properly managed or wasn't managed the right way to majority of people's agreements about bringing in, you know, um, that that outside um, person to make that decision. A lot of people, you know, may have thought that that was a bad decision. So, um, you know, it's not, I think I, 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 while I don't know the ins and outs and details about how this came about, but for something like that, it definitely would cause pause. And I'm to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that Jerry Jones was the only person that voted against it because I would have thought that other um, owners would have been, felt the same way. And it's interesting the fact that for Jerry Jones to be the vocal portion of the owners, when what owners think about, like when you think about all the NFL owners, the first owner that comes to mind is always going to be Jerry Jones. Um, right. So the fact that a lot of people, like a lot of the other owners or some of the owners didn't like agree or was on board with that, it kind of feels different. Right. I agree. I agree. I guess we'll just have to see and find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do have to admit that I want to be a fly on that wall for these older meetings, man. <laughs> like, I, I just want to hear how these minds just work when they come together, knowing that they're in competition with each other. So, but, but let's be let's be real. Are they really in competition with each other, or are they in competition with? Making sure that they can make the most money in their market as they possibly can. No, that's the one they, thing. I, that... Go ahead. <laughs> no, I think no. I think they're billionaire petty. They're <laughs> 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 be like, wait a second, how big is your yacht? Yeah, I got, I got the helipad is a little bit bigger. <laughs> no, I agree. No, to be honest, I think that the one thing that they, I think that they agree about is keeping the money in house. <laughs> but they want to. I'm I'm pretty sure that they're fighting to be the top person in house. That's where they're competitive in house. So as long as they keep that in house, it's you know what it kind of reminds me. It's like in a way playing poker with your friends, where you're all together, all in the pot, and y'all just just going at it to try to get the most money out of that pot. I I I, I tend to agree with you. But you can't have outsiders come into the mix. <laughs> it's just right. we all, you know what I'm saying? You can't have outsiders come into the mix because they don't know that game. The owners know this game. So they like, look, we'll keep it in-house, but just because we keep it in-house don't mean that I'm not gonna come for that top spot. So agreed. And they're already and they're already pissed off at um Daniel Snyder because they're like, yo, you fucking up money. You're supposed to have a, a new stadium deal done. And ain't nobody in the DMV about to about to um help you out. That's when he was talking about the, the mafia. Yeah, it's all well and good. You can do whatever, but when it starts you costing people money, that's when you got problems. Especially when it's your money involved, like you know, like overall. Like it's like, hey, all right, what's 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 really going on? Like now you bringing me in the mix, you bringing my business in the mix. Like now, now you're playing. <laughs> like for real, stop playing. Stop playing. Yeah. 
can you, you you could do almost anything <laughs> even say a whole bunch of stuff that is not you know for kids ears but it's always when you start effing with the effing with the money <laughs> yep you must you mess with my cash flow <laughs> they'll excuse everything else except except the money Oh man, without question, without question, like that's that's like the the the, the, the line in the sand moment right there. <laughs> oh man, but um, of course we could definitely talk more about NFL um, because we definitely have more time to talk about the NFL. But so let's move right along with uh, NCAA college football. Um, this happened this weekend because there is a change. A, couple of changes that happened in the top 25 and nothing more important than the loss of Alabama to Tennessee uh the University of Tennessee uh, beat Alabama this past weekend uh I love the fact that they they was going after the goalposts that's just me um they took everything including the goalposts um but I thought it was a great win um for Tennessee because it showed just how powerful that they are in the conference, I mean, in the NCAA. Um, but let me get your thoughts, of course, of the upset of Tennessee beating Alabama and what you think that, in terms, mean for Alabama going forward for the national championship. Well, for me, I think it, I mean, it. there's still a path for them. Um, as long as they make it to the SEC championship game and beat, you know, Georgia, you know, and we're going to assume that Georgia is going to be there if they don't lose to Tennessee, which I don't think they are. But the path is there. As long as Alabama wins outright, wins the ACC championship game, they're going to be right back in the mix. And I think it would be hard to to deny Alabama that if they just win it, um, run the table and, and win outright. Um, it it just. It makes college football just, in my opinion, a little bit more, still more interesting because after a while it can get very predictable when you know like the top 25 teams are going to, you know, win or whatever. But when you have some upsets, especially one of that magnitude where from what all of commentators and um, college football analysts were saying that it wasn't that much of a surprise because they're saying that Tennessee has a very good squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it just kind of makes... It's going to make the next month interesting when they start calculating the BCS, you know, playoff, you know, bowls and stuff. And um, it just makes, in my opinion, college football a little bit more interesting because it's not always so predictable. I agree. I agree. And I agree with you. Uh, Alabama, they went out, they're still making the playoffs, you know what I'm saying? In Tennessee, who knows that they didn't shoot their load, you know, against <laughs> Alabama, and they turn around this late late duds the rest of the season. You know, so it's still Alabama's them to lose because they've been down this road before. They've taken an L, and they still turn around and win a national championship. So we'll just have to kind of see how this whole thing plays out. Um, <sighs> it is refreshing to see Alabama lose. But you know they don't lose multiple games, so Nick Saban is going to rake this shit real. Yeah, they should. Yes, yes, Texas should have. <laughs> they really should have. They and I think, yeah, I think you know Nick Saban was right. Like a lot of them jokers are complacent. They feel as though they should be there. They feel as though they don't need to work to be there. And but other, you know, every other school in the country is chasing Alabama. They will forever have a target <clears> on their back, regardless of the SEC or any other damn conference. So. You know, to be great, you need to take down the greatness. And Tennessee did that. I'm just curious to see how they're going to play out for the rest of the season. I really think they shot their load. I think they may still end up with, like, two losses, personally. You know what I'm saying? Any any team with a halfway decent defense probably could sit there and shut down one or two drives in Tennessee and win. But, you know, what do I know? I'm just uh, – armchair quarterback just like everybody else and sit there and think, you know, my philosophy is right. I'm Wait a minute. You said that you still think that who would lose two games and still... Tennessee. 
Tennessee's I think Tennessee will still lose two games. I think Tennessee went still out be there in the college in the college. No, um, no, they, no, no, no. I think oh. Tennessee, if they lose two games, they're out. But Alabama's been down this road before. They've lost the game before. Mm-mm. It still came back and went to the SEC championship game. I think there's this one time when they lost out and it's they lost the game and then they lost in the SEC championship game and they didn't make the playoffs. And that was, I forget how many years ago that was. But if there's any team in the country that can sit there and and absorb this loss and flip it into something positive is Alabama just because they've been down this road before. All right. So and then I, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go, please. No, please, no, please. no. My question is really if Alabama win, loses two games, do you think they still in? Oh, no. All right. No. Okay. But, but I mean, it's it's not impossible, but a lot of things got to happen for them. Ohio State got to lose at least one or two games. Michigan probably got to lose one or two games. SEC, uh, Tennessee probably got to lose like one or two games. It's just a lot of different compounds that got to happen in order for Alabama to slide back in. You know, so, but I'm not saying it's impossible, but a lot of stuff got to happen. And who's to say that this season is isn't one of those crazy seasons where that couldn't possibly be the case? Yeah, see, the, 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 in my opinion, and is that uh, Tennessee can't afford one loss. Alabama can, and if Tennessee gets that one loss against Georgia and they're in the same conference, they're out the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. And if Georgia beats Tennessee and Alabama happens to be Georgia, and it's the one losses, Alabama's in. Georgia, depending on, like you say, how it, you know, how it, you know, shakes out, you know, the next month, Georgia could still be in. But Tennessee takes a loss. They're out. They need to basically beat Georgia and get to the ACC championship game and lose by a hair. Right. Just to get consideration where, Alabama can, like you said, can absorb this one loss. They're just lucky this one loss didn't come in the SEC championship game, or they're lucky it didn't come at the tail end of the season. This was actually, and I hate this, what they call it. This is what they're going to say is a a good loss. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A bad loss would have been them when the Vanderbilt a week before the SEC championship game and getting blown out. That's a bad loss. Because they're, right. they're, they're going to turn around and sit there and say, so maybe three SEC teams could go into, into the playoffs or they could let Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama in and then Ohio State. So, mm. all right. Okay. It's messy, which is I'll be glad when that expanded, you know, bracket comes because once that happens, this is going to eliminate a lot of this. Right. Yeah. Right, agreed. And, and the reason why I'm saying it is because I don't, Alabama doesn't have an easy road to win throughout the rest of their games. Of course, they got uh, Mississippi State, and they also have Miss, Mississippi. Um, so I think that those I, I don't think I don't think Alabama's worried about either one of those. And they still got LSU. Oh, I, I damn sure they they ain't worried about LSU. <laughs> They ain't worried about LSU. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, I I, I, I think this season, I, I can't, even if they, you know, based off of the, the, I mean, to be honest, based off of the fact that how, how they're playing now, I would not be surprised if they went, lose another game. And I see it more this season than previous seasons. Like, it's something that's different about Alabama. And that's where I'm coming from. Um, I agree with you. If Tennessee loses another, if loses one game, I, to be honest, if they lose the game to Georgia, I don't know if that will solidify them, knock them down off of maybe the top four or five teams. Uh, I think it has everything to do with. I think they're ranked number three right now. Tennessee they're three right now. Yeah, I think it has everything to do with the four, five, six, seven, and eight team. And how they do coming out. I don't know who Tennessee plays next. If they got a bye week. If they if they mess around and got a bye, they could mess around and slip just because they, they're on a bye. And let one of those teams, Oklahoma State or TCU or whomever is up there in the top 
seven come out there and just really do their thing. I can see Tennessee slipping because they just don't have the track record of being up there and being one of those top squads. I mean, the only top teams they have right now, I mean, the only top 25 teams they played next is Georgia um, and um, Kentucky, which is ranked 19. The rest of the, the teams that they play is, is not even ranked. Yeah, and I can see and I can see them losing to Georgia and Kentucky, to be honest. Well, if I'm Tennessee, you basically got to win outright and make it to the SEC championship game to keep your yep. bid in there, even if you lose. What might be their saving grace, the only saving grace that they beat Alabama at this particular point. I agree. If they beat Alabama and beat Georgia, get into oh, yeah. the SEC championship game, lock. even can, if they, they lose afford. to Alabama, then they'll still get in because yep. you have to remember, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. Gonna somebody's going to be out of them is going to be the Big Ten champion and somebody's not going to get in. Mm-hmm. And that's if why Tennessee Kevin Warren wins out. If Tennessee wins out right. And that's why Kevin Warren screamed into the to, to the hills trying to steal more teams from the Pac-12 so that he can have a better <laughs> opportunity to get in <laughs> to the to the uh to the playoffs. <laughs> Talk about the opportunity, man. <laughs> And this is the reason why UCLA and USC are are are, are running <laughs> to the Big Ten. And you just saw that USC lost to Utah. Mm-hmm. So USC ain't getting in there. No no chance in hell that USC's making it to the damn playoffs. No. No. Sad, ain't it? One, li- one lost USC team still can't make it to the playoffs. No matter nope. what they do. <laughs> Pac-12 championship or not, it still won't matter. No. Exactly. And it's unfortunate because when so many teams now where you can, especially in the SEC, like even if you lose one, two, you're probably in the same bracket. If you lose two games in the SEC, if you have a two-loss record, um, it's equivalent <laughs> to having being undefeated in uh, some of the other conferences just to be in a, 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 a just have a bidding wall to make a bidding war to make it into the playoffs. So it's it's interesting. I'll put it like that. Um, I'm looking at the top ten right now, and it's, it's crazy because you have literally what fourteen four SEC teams in the top ten and two Big Ten teams in the top ten. Who's the other four? What what conference? Uh, Clemson and TCU. Oh, so okay, so ACC, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Oh, who's the other? Who's that long one? Oh, it's a two. ACC Oregon teams? is ten. Oh, so two Pac Twelve teams in the ACC top ten. Big yeah. Twelve, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's top. But it's but it, but it's top heavy because you got you know two, you got two SEC and two Big Ten right now that have the top four spots. And it's probably going to wind up at the end of the day. It might wind up being two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but I mean, we all know that Michigan, Ohio State, are going to play each other before the Big Ten play, uh, Big Ten championship. And it's just all a matter of can Michigan and or Ohio State sit there and keep their composure long enough to knock out an SEC team or or Big Twelve, Pac twelve team. Or ACC team, you're praying that uh, Clemson sit there and lose to somebody, preferably to Syracuse. If Clemson loses to Syracuse, they done. <laughs> Without a doubt, they are done. And I think Clemson and Syracuse play this week. Oof. So, Syracuse, uh, Clemson is sitting there like, please don't lose to Syracuse. Please don't lose to Syracuse. Because <laughs> Syracuse can sit there and lose out for the rest of their damn season, and Clemson is just screwed. <laughs> And I'm looking at that Michigan team. I think Michigan is going to take um, Ohio State again this year. Oh. I be... think they are. But then take them in the regular season, and then you're hoping that Michigan wins the Big Ten Championship against whoever is coming out of the West, which ain't Ooh, too strong. Iowa? Il- no, Illinois. Uh, Illinois is not playing bad football. Not good enough to make it to the to the to the big dance, but they <laughs> they're not playing that football. They'll make it competitive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. 
Yeah, but like I said, we could definitely talk more about the college football um, next week. Oh, um, oh, hold on. I, I know basketball just kicked off and whatever, whatever, but I think we need to talk about this. The uh, the 60-minute interview with uh, Coach Prime and mm. Jackson State. I think we need to go ahead and let's touch on that a little bit. So go ahead and even touch on that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't be mad. On that though. I can't be mad at anything he said. You know what I'm saying? Like he spoke no, he spoke no, no lies. I mean, you have to, you have to appreciate the honesty when he sat there and said, if a Power Five school come out and talk to him, he's going to entertain it. Most coaches sit there and lie about that crap. Like, oh, I'm not dealing with that. No, I'm I'm all about said school. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, I'd be a fool not to sit there and listen. I mean, the the honesty is just truly refreshing. You know, but I, I, I hope that Prime stays with Jackson State. And I hope that he brings the MEAC, I'm sorry, he brings the SWAC up to a level where all the SWAC is just doing well before he decides to uh, to take off. And I know he's... I think he's only like 53, 54. So, I mean, he still has some time. He can still spend a couple more years before he decides to jump up. But, you know, you just can't deny his his swagger. You can't deny, you know, everything about him that, you know, he's just doing what he's doing. And it's just, just really, really nice to hear everything that he was saying about Jackson State and just using his connections and this who he is to sit there and get Jackson State at least somewhat reaching out to Walmart and having Walmart pay for their practice field. As simple as that. Just like, hey, come in here and do that. And Walmart's like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, we'll just go ahead and just take care of your practice field. I mean, and I'm sure he's doing so much more for the other sports on on campus as well. So I hope other star athletes take heed. Somebody with some real name recognition and that has coaching ambition and say, you know what? I want to do the same for this next school here. And let's see where it goes. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I saw the, you know, you know, I caught it from start to finish. And I was, um, you know, you could definitely hear the passion. You, you know, he definitely wants to bring attention, bring focus, and more importantly, bring the funds necessary to help not just his program, but all the other, you know, HBCU programs in that SWAT conference. I mean, even, even as he said it, he said there, you know, if someone was out, was out there cutting their practice field, he, he got out there and the lawnmower was cutting it. Um, it was saying that when it rains, they had to go to a high school field just to practice. And there are some high school facilities in Texas that outshone, you know, not only his, but other HBCU facilities. And um, so I'm hoping more so that he stays there to the point where not just Jackson State, but more money would flow into those other schools to get those programs up and not just the sports programs up per se, but, you know, the schools as a whole, you know, my niece goes to, you know, North Carolina A&T and I saw the room and she tells me about some of the situations and it's, and I want, I want to veer off the path, but let's just say their facilities are nothing how we had when I was at Rutgers or maybe even when you were at West Virginia, so I can't, I don't remember the rooms per se, but, um, just to bring more, generate more funds to help HBCUs all around and then the programs. So right. I hope he stays, but I definitely, like I told we were talking offline before Ace, it definitely sounds like a man who the proper situation comes along, he will go. Can't be and mad I, at him if he does. And I can't be mad at him, but I exactly. hope he, I hope he at least he leaves Jackson State. I think he wants to leave Jackson State in a much, much better position than when he left. Right. Uh, first, yeah, um, I completely agree um, with your <laughs> statements. And being as old, I did spend some time at HBCU. Um, it is night and day in comparison to the rest of the colleges. Um, <laughs> the funds are definitely needed. Um, and I know that the years that I went to HBCUs to where it is now, things have definitely improved. But the thing about it is, is that since 
Prime, Coach Prime, I should say, started with, I mean, been at Jackson State. That's, and I'm not, it's not a knock, but I'm, I'm saying it as a good thing because, quite frankly, Jackson State wasn't really being talked about at all. Um, quite frankly, SWAC hasn't been talked about at all. And to be honest, some of the, uh, a lot of the, H, I mean, HBCUs as a whole, uh, from a football or sports standpoint, hasn't been brought to this level without him being there. So um, you have to give credit where credit is due. Um, he did take it to that next level where it's getting a little bit more recognized now where a lot of the players are starting to look at now HBCUs. And to be honest, I am not, I, I'm, I, he did, he started that trend. So if he did get called up and he was to get called up and move to uh, a different university or wherever the case may be, you can, you cannot knock what he is doing now. And quite frankly, I know a lot of people want him to stay and continue. And we, you know, quite frankly, I hope he does stay. But if not, and a better opportunity comes along, then so be it. You know, he has to look out for himself. And it's just all about setting the precedent. And I think that, to be honest, a lot of, there should be other players out there um, that should be looking to do the same. Uh, former players, former NFL players, I should say, that should be looking to do the same. And to be honest, some of the HBCUs should be looking at people outside, you know, like former NFL players, um, maybe follow that road as well and <laughs> at least get something going um, because it started in the right direction and he's continuing it, you know, in the right direction. Um, I just wish that more HBCUs follow that trend as well because it shouldn't always just be about Jackson State or the SWAC conference. There's definitely other HBCUs and other HBCU conferences out there that should be in that same realm as well. Um, so he can't do it alone. Jackson State can't do it alone. The SWAC conference can't do it alone. And I'm not knocking it. It's just that there should be other ways where HBCU should get noticed. Um, maybe not going the same route as bringing in Coach Prime, but at least bringing something as far as relevance out there so that you can generate more money um, for your university. So I, I'm i not knocking the fact that I thought the interview, quite frankly, he didn't speak nothing where it caused me to pause or anything. Everything at this point was just facts related. And I think that, you know, it's welcome the fact that he even had the opportunity to speak and give these this this interview in the process. So a lot of coaches nowadays that have still been a part of the HBCU programs, football coaches, haven't gotten that opportunity. So it's all about getting that opportunity and working on ways to have that opportunity going forward, not just for Jackson State, but for all HBCUs. And yeah, Ace, and to your point where you're saying it's it's when you're saying for recruits. It, it's gonna is it's gonna have to take a flood a floodgate of recruits going into these HBCUs, not just a one here, one there. Yeah, Coach Prime has gotten one five star recruit and is definitely in the competition with other, you know, you know, power five conferences, but it's gonna take a lot of four and five star recruits to, you know, forgo Alabama, forgo Georgia, forgo Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State or some of those other, you know, Clemson or some of the other big programs it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to take a floodgate of those guys to forego those, those power five and go to the SWAC. And then once you get that in the level of play and personnel starts going up, then I think you'll start seeing the SWAC starting to rival some of these, you know, power five conferences. But I'm hoping it doesn't, it just doesn't start and stop with, you know, Coach Prime, whenever he, you know, departs, you know, I hope that other players, and you don't have to be a coach, just go there and be like a coordinator or just help out, help recruit, exactly. just just be there to help these guys, you know, play and saying, you know, I know what it takes to play at a high level. I can coach you, but it's going to have to be a floodgate for people to really start taking notice. I mean, yeah, they're taking notice at, you know, Dion right now, but those other schools, like you said, they need to the help too. And they're going to need a lot more of these kids to look at HBCUs and be like, no one is going to help us, but us. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I think what is going to have to happen, I, I mean, trying to get them from the high school ranks to go into the, uh, 
to the HBCUs is one way, but I think, and if they really want to make an impact, I think they got to really start stealing a lot of these players from the portal and stop them from going from one big school to another and have them come into the HBCUs. If they can start stealing some of those guys and they can start really putting forth a really good product, because you can see Jackson State is getting those players. You can see Eddie George and Tennessee State starting to get some of those players. But you need more than just those two guys. And I know Morgan at some point had Ron Dane as their head coach, and it kind of just did work out for Ron Dane and Morgan. But you need more of a, a vocal uh, – you need somebody more – I don't know. I don't know if you need Heisman winners. I don't know if you need somebody who's a Hall of Famer. But you can't tell me if uh, Terrell Owens went to Tennessee State or if you had uh, big-name players from big-name schools come back to the alma maters and try to uh, to revitalize and do uh, – like the young kid from uh, Chicago Chicago Bears running back. If you ever decide to hang it up after so many years and go back to A&T to coach that squad, you know, he has that experience. He's young. He could still resonate to younger players and do whatever, I, I you know – it's going to take a whole hell of a lot. And it's going to take more than just trying to get four and five stars from the high school ranks. They're going to have to start stealing Juco players. They're going to have to start stealing transfer, uh, transfer Florida players and really, really start buckling down. But I just hope that De- that Dion or excuse me, coach prime stays around long enough so that some of these squads and the SWAC and the MEAC is, I don't want to exclude the MEAC either can elevate them to a G5 status. If you can start getting some of those schools to G5 status, again, it's not paying Power 5 money, but it's paying a hell of a lot more than MEAC and SWAC money, and they can start (laughs) doing something. You know what I'm saying? Because you see a lot of these uh, HBCUs are jumping from the, especially the MEAC. A lot of schools in the MEAC are jumping to some of those lower level D1 squad uh, football, like the Colonial Football Leagues and those different leagues, but they still want to have some tie-ins with some of their rivals from HBCUs. But unfortunately, you know, if if we start to look at them from a scholastic type of uh, standpoint and uh, and a the uh, uh, sports type of standpoint, as much as we would love to continue those bonds and those relationships and those games from. <coughs> From HBCU to HBCU, in order for those to, for those schools to start making money, they gotta they gotta abandon this whole HBCU versus HBCU model and start going to some of these bigger conferences because that's the only way they're gonna start making money. And if they start making money that way, they start getting better recruits. They start getting better recruits, then they'll start getting recognized to go to these G five conferences, the Sun Belts, and whatever conferences because. As you can see, those those better squads that are coming from those lesser conferences are jumping up to the bigger conferences, and they need schools to come in there and fill those holes. So I just hope that, you know, it gets to a point where HBCU, SWAC, MEAC, and whatever other level, you know, whatever, can get out of that mindset and jump into these bigger conferences because that's the only way they're going to sit there and make money. Because, I mean, there's only so many – so many donors, there's so many Amazon, so many Walmart, so many whomever is going to sit there and donate a practice field. But they're not going to sit there and constantly donate money to a school. It just ain't going to happen. Yeah. Um, real quick before, you know, um, because we do have a cutoff. Um, and there's also going to be it's also going to be a problem with them as well because of the simple fact is, is that the recruits that they're looking to recruit is still one particular color. They're gonna to need to be a little bit more diversified in their teams, um, in order to be in order for it to be opened up a little bit more, so that some of those players that they're looking to recruit may want to go because of their being a little bit more diversified in. And I believe that some the HBCUs have become a lot more diversified than what they were yeah. before and previous. So that's something that they're gonna definitely have to look at. But we could talk more about this. Um, we're gonna have to skip the NBA. We can talk definitely about that next year. I mean, next week. Next um, year, yes, next year. Starts. Yeah, because after Christmas, that's when it matters. <laughs> that too. Um, but, <laughs> but for now, folks, let them know where they can find you at. 
uh, behind my smoker, uh, perfecting my craft, hoping to have a <laughs> bunch of a bunch of good meats and stuff for the holidays. But until then, you can find me on Twitter at catdaddy1963. That's catdaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me next to an idle smoker because uh, <laughs> I hadn't had the bloody time. Um, you can catch me at Snapchat, Twitter, and the Gram, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on every podcast. Every podcast, you can just search Guys Talking Sports, and we're there. Make sure you subscribe as well. We're also on Twitch TV. We're on YouTube Live. We're on Twitter Live. Uh, so we're getting it in. We're doing what we can to provide the best of sports podcasting and sports talk um, to everyone out there. But for now, we'd like to thank you guys for checking us out. Catch us next week. Same time, same channel. Different time, different day, different channel. Um, catch us again on Guys Talking Sports. Take care. God bless. Have a good one.